Well, good morning again. We're so glad you guys are here with us. We know we're getting into the season of busyness and there's a lot of stuff going on. So you guys took some time to spend with us this morning and we're grateful for that. If you're a first time guest, thanks for coming to Journey. Uh, Stop by the Welcome Center on your way out for a free gift. There is so much stuff coming up uh, over the next couple weeks and months uh, that it's just too much to talk about. But uh, just a reminder, uh, we're super excited about our mini Grinchmas. We're partnering with the city on December 2nd. And so a lot of people are already asking about Grinchmas. We're still doing a smaller version of it. As we said, that'll be open before the parade and after the parade. We got food trucks in the parking lot, vendors. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun that night. So make sure to invite your family and friends to that. Uh, and if you want to help out that week, uh, that will be great as well. And you can sign up on the app or stop by the Welcome Center as well. So uh, it is uh, Thanksgiving week, and uh, Thanksgiving outside of 4th of July is probably my favorite holiday. Uh, Some of you weirdos just skip over a major U.S. holiday and just jump right into the big one. I get it. I get the temptation. But uh, Thanksgiving, to me, the reason I love it, a couple reasons. Uh, To me, and this is just my opinion, uh, there's a little bit of purity still to Thanksgiving. It's not a holiday that can be overly commercialized, and it's a day in which we take some time to spend with our family and friends and, and actually give thanks and remember all of the things that we've been given. And we get to share a meal with some family and friends and eat food. Um, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not a big fan of turkey. Uh, I wish that day they had found a cow and were able to make a brisket. And uh, I did that a couple years ago, and I might make a petition to change the uh, the holiday to uh, brisket instead of turkey. Uh, but I do love that. I love sitting around and watching football. Uh, normally, I would be excited when my team, the Packers, play the Lions, but not this year. And so, uh, so I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, but anyway, I love it. I love spending the day uh, just being able to celebrate all the things that we have to be thankful for. There's no judges on Thanksgiving. You can eat as much as you want. And if anybody says anything, you just say, I'm just being patriotic. And so, uh, so it's a great day. And, and so what's fascinating to me about the holiday, though, is that it is kind of this pure day in which it's all about giving thanks and spending time with family and friends and being grateful for all that we've been given and all the opportunity we have, not only as people of faith, but also as citizens of this great country. But then this odd thing happens. We end the day of gratitude And we immediately jump into what we refer to as Black Friday, right? A day in which we consume, consume, consume. And I get it. Your excuse for it is I'm getting gifts for other people. Now, if you want to convince me that you're buying that 65-inch TV for your cousin's kids, okay, right? Or that Food Ninja is for your niece. Or those golf clubs are for your Uncle Bert. I get it, okay? But let's be honest. It's like this weird jump from going from this one season, this one day. For many of us, it's just a day or just a week of thankfulness and gratitude into something else. And so all I'll do is just take a moment, as I do every year this week, and just remind us of everything that we have to be thankful for. Because the reality is, all of us in this room, regardless of where you come from, your background, if you really take time to think about it, we have so much to be grateful for in this life. And the temptation of all of us, me included, is to forget. In the moments, in the busyness of it all, in the hustle and bustle of it all, we can forget what we actually truly have to be grateful for. And we've been given so much. And as people of faith, we understand the source of these gifts. In fact, Thomas Merton does this quote, and I love this quote that he gives us. He says this, To be grateful is to recognize the love of God in everything he has given us. 
Every breath we draw is a gift of his love. Every moment of existence is a grace, for it brings with it immense graces from him. Gratitude, therefore, takes nothing for granted, is never unresponsive, is constantly awakened to the new wonder and to the praise of the goodness of God. For the grateful person knows that God is good, not by hearsay, but by experience. And that's what makes all the difference. And we've all experienced a life to be grateful for. My wife is one of the most fascinating and wonderful people on the planet. And uh, so growing up, I, you know, I joke about the Christmas thing, but our tradition was you did not decorate for Christmas um, until the day after Thanksgiving. We would gather together, we would watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and we would spend a day decorating the house. My wife, she loves the Christmas tree. And so uh, we have this thing in our house, and I know some of you are going to say, well, that's still a Christmas tree. It's not. Uh, Our Christmas tree is up, and we call it our thankful tree. And so what we do this week is there's these little like chalkboard slates my wife puts all over the tree, and every day we go on there and we just write things during this week that we're grateful for, things that we're thankful for. It's amazing how many times my son can write pizza on these slates, uh, but it's still, he's grateful for it. The reality is we've all been given so much, and so to take some time to recognize that and to realize that we've been blessed. And again, as people of faith, we believe that this comes from a certain source. In fact, James writes in James chapter 1, he says this, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. It's this consistency of the goodness of God, the gifts that he gives us, the blessing that he gives us. And if we could just focus on that, that might be enough. But I think our temptation is to always focus on the shifting shadows, the circumstances, the things that change, the things that we don't have. Now, as a person of faith, let me just kind of say this, and I realize not everybody in this room are listening to this. Maybe you've figured this out about what your faith looks like, or you're still questioning a lot of stuff, and that's okay. But for those of us as faith, let's just kind of break it down. I mean, we actually believe that there is a God, a holy God who created and sustains everything that we see, including us and our lives. And that God wants a relationship with you. And he has gone to the extreme of giving of himself, absorbing the debts that we owe, as we've talked about the last several weeks, so that we can have it. And through Jesus, he shows his love so much that he gives of himself, his son, on that cross. Paul will write later in Philippians, there's this idea that, that in these moments that Jesus empties himself of himself, that he makes it all about not just who he is, but about other people. And so if we believe that is to be true, and that's the hope that we have, then just in that alone, what a blessing we've been given by God. And we believe that God has made that possible. And so then the question is, why is it, if we just believe that in and of itself, coupled with all the other things we're about to talk about, of all the gratefulness that we should have, why is it we are so, I don't want to say ungrateful, I don't think you intentionally do it or I intentionally do it, but we're always so discontent with everything. I mean, think about it. In one of the richest countries with, one of the, most li- with the most liberties and freedoms, including religious freedoms, that's ever existed. And not just where you were born, but when you were born. Like, we were born in a pretty sweet time, right? I mean, we, we have a lot of things, a lot of opportunity, a lot of things that have just been gifted to us just by the fact of where and when we were born. And so why are we often so unappreciative of the life that we've been given? And the reality is, is that we are all, me included, creatures prone to forget. We can forget. We can forget everything. We can forget all the blessings we have, all the life that we get to live, all of the good things. 
And we aren't the first ones. If you ever read the Bible, you'll realize that there's this pattern that kind of consistently comes up in the Bible. And it's like this line that plays over and over again. It'll say things like, the God who or the God of. And many times it says the God who or the God of, what will happen is they'll tell this reminder of these stories of these people who God has blessed, who God has done these things for, because they have to constantly be reminded of all of the things that God has actually already done for us and is doing for us. Because just like us, we are creatures prone to forget. The other thing about why we have to remind ourselves of this is because sometimes what happens, and I get it, is some things come up in life And our world shrinks down to the thing that's in front of us. A season that's hard, a situation that's hard. And all of a sudden, all of our world, all of our attention shrinks down to the problem right in front of us. And we can't see all of the good things around us. And we definitely can't see all of the good things behind us and all the ways in which God has brought us through. We can't see those things. We can't see all of the good. We can't see the things that we have to celebrate. And so we have to remind ourselves and be intentional about it. And maybe for some of us, there's this reality that you think about like this moment right now. And there's this kind of idea that you say, you know, I know I'm supposed to be grateful for my life, but I don't feel very grateful. I don't feel very grateful for the season I find myself in. I don't feel very grateful for the things that I'm in right now. And I know that this week is supposed to be all about thankfulness and gratitude. But to be honest with you, it's kind of hard to do it right now. Paul is an apostle um, and and he goes through a lot of hardships, a lot of hardships, a lot of hard things in in Paul's life. And towards the end, he, he writes one of these letters to these churches that he's trying to inspire. And he gives us these words. He says this, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And if you notice the language there, it says it's God's will that we are thankful. But there's a really important differentiation in the language there. What he says is that we are to be thankful in all things. Not that we're supposed to be thankful for all all things. For example, I don't think you need to be thankful for that bad day. I don't think we need to be thankful for the cancer that affects so many of our lives. I don't think we need to be thankful for being passed over at work. I don't think we have to be thankful for the financial hardships that we find ourselves in. I don't think we have to be thankful for the complicated relationships. Or I don't think we have to be thankful for always the hard family situations many of us find ourselves in. But what we have to do is to remind ourselves, can it, is it possible that we can be thankful in those difficulties? Can we actually continue to give thanks and be appreciative and show gratitude in those difficult things? And as people of faith, what this does is it shows a heart that, that in those moments, in those seasons, we do realize that God is bigger than even the difficulties that we face. And that life itself and the preciousness of this gift we've been given is even bigger than those difficulties. I remember reading a book a few years ago and this line came up and it said this, with God, nothing is wasted, which seems insensitive depending on what you're going through right now. But the reality is many of us could get up here better than I could and tell us stories if we went through really hard seasons and really difficult things and we came out on the other side. And I don't know if we'll ever say we're grateful for those things, but they helped shape us and mold us and we came out stronger on the other side. 
And so we have to learn to be grateful even in those things. See, the reality of faith in life is that we all want mountaintop experiences. We always want to be at the mountain. But there's this consistency about mountains. I don't know if you've ever seen one. Anytime you want to be on top of a mountain, you have to go through a valley first, right? And so we have to learn that we have to sometimes walk through the valleys to get to those experiences. And that's just part of life. And can we be grateful, even in the difficult things, to get to those experiences? There's this famous verse that many of us know, and in Psalms 23, it says this, as I walk through the valley, it's like one of the most famous verses, and we read a lot at funerals and in sad situations. It says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, there's an important thing. This is a shepherding song, which seems this. It's this idea that God is shepherding us through these things. He's leading us through these things. Now, it's also important to notice that he doesn't say that we stay there. It's active, that we will have to walk through hard things. We will have to walk through some valleys and maybe in a season like this coming up on Thanksgiving or whatever it is you've experienced this year, you feel like you're walking in a valley, but he doesn't tell us to stay there. In fact, the next verses say, he makes me lie down in green pastures, which is this idea of giving and providence. It says he prepares a table for me. See, the temptation for some of us is to always lie down in the valley to stop in the valley and not to realize it's just something we have to walk through. And even if we do, the blessing of God, the writer says, is that God says that he is with us, even in those hardships. And he goes on to say that surely the goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. It's this reminder the writer gives us that even though we walk through those valleys, God does not leave us. He does not abandon us. This is not the idea. He wants to get us to a better place but he's going to be with us throughout the whole thing. And so again, as people of faith, we have to be gracious for that. We have to be thankful for the things that he walks us through. It goes back to what James says is that we focus on the God who gives these great gifts, not on the shifting shadows. Your circumstances in life may change. The seasons you find yourselves in may change, but who God is and his love for you will not. Now, That should be enough to get us through. But let's be honest. There's so many other elements and layers to life and gratitude and thankfulness. So when it comes to life, let's approach it from this. Um, Until we center ourselves as individuals on what we do have, on what God has given us, on the life that we do get to live, so we have to focus there. But if we do not focus there, here's the problem. We'll constantly be looking for another life. Because it's this idea that there might be greener pastures on the other side. And so the the temptation is to never be satisfied with where you are and what you have and who you are because you're constantly comparing yourself to other people. You're comparing yourself to maybe different circumstances you had in mind of the way that this would all play out. But here's the reality. There is a danger in comparing. Nobody ever wins in comparison. When we compare our lives that we've been given, the gift that we've been given of our individual lives to other people's, there's no win. And so we have to learn to decide that we will not spend precious energy and we only have so much speculating about how someone else's life is and how it compares to yours. And this is, for some of us, this is the reason we feel dissatisfied in life because we're constantly comparing our life and our situation to the situation of others. And here's what I've learned. You rob yourself of a measurable joy when you compare what you actually don't know about someone else. See, the temptation in today's world is through social media and different things is you only see the Instagram life. You only see their life through the filters. 
You only see the high moments of life. And so we compare ourselves to the people around us and say, oh, if I could just have their life, then I would be grateful and thankful. But the reality is you don't know. You don't know what goes on when the doors are closed. You don't know what goes on behind the scenes. And so you rob yourself of joy when you compare your life of someone else's that you actually don't know what's going on with what you actually do know about yourself and the opportunity and the giftedness and the grace and mercy that you've been shown. And so don't do it. Again, it goes back to this idea the Bible says over and over again for us to remember, to remember it. And God commands his people, including us, to remember who they are, whose they are, where they've been, what they've seen, what they have to do, and what's been done for them. And if, we've stopped, if we stop remembering everything that got us to this point, and even the goodness of life, even in some of these difficult moments maybe some of us face, that's when the trouble comes. So we have to remember to be filled with gratefulness. Now, for us in this room, here's what I would say. Most of us, not all of us, and I realize there's different levels of life in here and different things that we've had to face. Most of us, if we were really honest, we would say we've lived a blessed life. I mean, most of us have more than, than we could ever imagine. Maybe not money, but with just the things that we have in life and the opportunity that we have. Now, there's this pattern in Scripture, and I think it's important that we talk about this in a week of being thankful and, and having gratitude. There's this pattern in Scripture we see that when God blesses someone, and I think most of us in this room, if we were honest, would say that we've lived a blessed life. That when God blesses someone, it's not just for them. Over and over we see this pattern where God blesses somebody and the reason he blesses them is so that they can help bless other people. It's this moment to remind of everything that we've been given comes responsibility. Our responsibility to be kind to each other, our responsibility to respect each other, our responsibility to take care of each other, and our responsibility to be generous with all that we've been given. My truest understanding of the life that I've been given as a follower of Christ is it's not what I can get out of life, it's what I can give. What can I give to make this world a better place? What can I give in order to make other people's lives better? The reality is all the other stuff is just the stuff, just the in-between. The Bible tells us that you came into this world with nothing and you will leave with nothing. Right? Everything in the middle is just temporary. And so what are we doing with all these gifts and blessings that we've been given? What are we doing with this life that we've been given? Jesus even tells this famous parable about if we get hyper-focused on just the stuff and not realize that the quality and quantity of life doesn't just revolve around stuff, but of what we do with our stuff, but also recognizing all the blessings we've been given. He tells this parable, and it's a pretty unfortunate parable, but here's what he says. He says this, and so he told this parable, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus again. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Now, before we go to the next part, this is not saying that God's saying you shouldn't have a plan. You shouldn't have a 401k. You shouldn't have an IRA. You shouldn't have all that. You shouldn't. He's not saying that. I'm not saying there's anything. In fact, the Bible talks lazy later about people that are lazy and don't plan, and it's not good, just so you know, okay? But what he's saying is when you recognize all that you've been given and all the blessing that you have in life. But God said to him, you fool, 
This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. So it's this reminder that this guy has been blessed. He has all this stuff. So what's he going to do with this blessing? What's he going to do with all of these things? Now, let me say, being rich towards God in this text is not about giving money to a church, nor am I asking you to. I do need you to, just so you know, okay? But that's not what this is about. This is about how we are with the life that we've been given, the blessings we've been given, about how we help each other. See, the reality is, is when we help others, we are actually in some ways strengthening our relationship with God. We're being rich towards God. What do we do with the gift of life that we've been given and all of the things, all of the resources, all of the opportunity, all of the blessing that comes with it? And I would think that the part of this and starting to understand to live a life like this is to actually remind ourselves consistently how much we have to be grateful for. So what I want to do is give us some handles to kind of get this conversation going. So all this has been set up just for this, just so you know, okay? So here's the handles, okay? The first one is awareness, right? Awareness. Awareness of everything that you've been given. There are millions of things grabbing your attention all of the time. Millions of things that are grabbing your attention. And thanks to technology, thanks to having these things in our pockets, it's worse than it's ever been. There's advertisements, there's videos, there's all kinds of things that just grab at your attention. Now, a lot of these advertisements in these videos, what they do is they show you what your life could be like if you only had this, if you could only do this. And the problem is, is that when we're so distracted, when we're so distracted all the time, we can't fully be aware And when we do this, the reality is when we're distracted, see, we don't want to miss anything. The reason we get on Facebook and check every single five seconds or Instagram or Twitter or whatever it is, we don't want to miss anything. But the reality is we're so distracted that we actually end up missing everything. For example, I was driving the other night when I was thinking about this message, and I was driving down 245, uh, coming back home from Bardstown, and I was kind of seeing like over the knobs, and there was this sunset, and it was amazing. Have you guys seen one of these, these sunsets? Um, it's pretty awesome. And you know what's crazy is every time I see a sunset, like we always, and I don't know if you're like this, I'm like, man, that's beautiful. That's awesome. That's, a, that's amazing. The thing about sunsets is they happen every night. I mean, when was the last time, do you, do you realize that the reason that the ancient people worshiped the sun was because they would see these things and they'd be like, well, that's worth worshiping. I mean, we have this thing. I mean, so I say that to this, when was the last time you were so aware you just watched the sunset and you were like, man, when was the last time you truly paid attention to the things going on around you? And you are fully aware of the beauty of life that you get to live, even if it's just as simple as watching a sunset. Chances are responding to that question for many of us is not an easy one because we're constantly distracted. Most of our attention is stripped from us and it becomes increasingly difficult to see the things that we have to be grateful for because the reality is we actually don't see them. It becomes routine. You guys have these HVAC units in your house? You ever heard of these things, right? Climate-controlled rooms? Like, we have so much just silly things. 
And see, what happens is, as we practice thankfulness, perhaps the first thing we can do is to learn to be aware of everything that we have. For, for example, um, you ever took a day, and I know it doesn't happen very often because we're addicted to these things, all of us. We pick on the kids, but I've seen you adults. And, and so we have these things, and you ever taken this thing and just like set it down or put it on do not disturb or, or focus or whatever setting you weird Android people have to use? And so, so like there's this moment where like you put it down, and like for me, I have kids, and I know not all of us, that's our story, but I have kids. And so there's moments and even days where me and my wife will just put these away. And we'll spend the whole day being fully present with our family and the people in front of us. And do you know what we always say at the end of those days? Man, that was like the best day. Because we weren't distracted and we were fully aware of everything that we've been given. See, what I've learned is when we spend time, whether it's a day or a couple hours or a week or whatever it is, when we spend time being fully present and aware of everything that we have to be grateful for, do you know what you discover? You discover how quickly the rest of your life you weren't because you were distracted. So maybe the first thing is to be aware. And when you're aware of everything that you have, I think you'll find yourself saying maybe even involuntary at times, thanks. Memory is one of those things that we all struggle with because the reality is life becomes so routine. And the more routine it becomes, the less grateful we are because it just becomes another one of those things. Again, this is why the Bible says that we have to remember over and over and over again. So this week, what I did was I actually took some time to, to actually write down all of the things that I was thankful for, okay? And so my notes app has been helpful lately if you've paid attention to the last couple of sermon series. And so, uh, so this one, it wasn't about people that I wanted to kill, although I didn't want to kill anybody, but this was about people that I wanted to be thankful for. And so I took some time to write out this note. And, and so um, what was amazing was how easily it flowed once I got started, and so when I started like, just taking my phone out and just writing things I was thankful for, I mean, the, the first thing was my faith. And I'm not just saying that because I have to do this for a living. Like, I'm actually grateful for my faith because I don't know how some people make it through this life without believing and hoping that this isn't all there is. And so my faith, and I'm thankful for the grace that God gave us. I'm thankful for my wife, who makes me better every day. I'm thankful for my kids, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my friends. A couple weeks ago, I got to celebrate my 42nd birthday. It's not even a big one. It's like just the one that reminds you you're getting older. And, and on, on three different nights, I got to go out with three different groups of friends and just hang out and celebrate. And I remember how, thinking how lucky and blessed I am just to be able to do that. My team here at Journey, the other night we, we sat in a room with a group of men and women who helped me lead and kind of oversee this church. And, and we had a lot of tough decisions and budgets and all these boring things. And I remember just being so grateful for having them in the room to support me, but also just the love that they have for what we're doing here. I was thankful for my health. I, I still get to go and play pickup basketball games on Sunday nights, which some of you guys should come to. And, and I'm thankful for my dog. I love my dog. My dog is awesome. His name is Charlie, and he's just great. I'm thankful for, I mean, so here's the thing. Eventually, it just gets to the point where you're just like, I'm thankful for buffalo wings. I'm thankful. But here's the thing. Like, I just made a list, and, and I thought I was just going to make a couple for the sermon. It ended up being a list of like just 75 things. So maybe some of us should make some lists this week. Last year, I challenged you guys to put your phones to good use because they can be a distraction, but they can also be helpful. And so my challenge was this, was to actually be fully present for a day and take your phone. And what I want you to do is every time that you find something to be grateful for, just take a picture of it. 
And, and people aren't going to think you're weird. People take photos of the weirdest things now all day long. And so just, just every time you see something you're grateful for, just take a photo of it. And then at the end of the day, just take some time to just flip through those photos to remind yourself as this kind of living memory of everything that you have to be grateful for. I mean, for example, and I've already used this, but right now you guys are sitting in a climate-controlled, insulated building with running water and toilets. Not everybody in human history or even people in the history that we live today can say that. Or how about this? You drove a car here, right? Didn't have to strap up a horse and buggy this morning, did you? Right? Or multiple cars, Did you pull those cars out of a garage that's attached to your heated, stocked, and supplied house or apartment? Some of you are watching this online right now or later on your smartphone or on your smart TV. Some of us are already deciding because you're done listening to me which restaurant you're going to eat at after the service. Or you've already decided ahead of time and you got some food out of your refrigerator, out of your freezer that keeps your food fresh and safe so you don't have to worry about getting sick like many people throughout human history and even in the world today. Do I really need to keep going about how lucky and blessed most of us are? See, I think one of the reasons I wanted to talk about gratitude specifically around this holiday is because gratitude to me is also redemptive. It reminds us. See, I think with gratitude, when we learn to to do it and we learn to be thankful, and again, we've already talked about we learn to share those gifts with other people, I I think it grows exponentially. See, once you take some time to be intentional about all the things you have to be thankful for, you'll start to want to maybe give back a little bit. You'll start to see other situations of lives where you're not comparing yourself to somebody's life because you think it's better, but you're seeing this and it's not a comparison thing, but you're seeing other people's lives where maybe they need some help. And maybe you've just been blessed or been lucky enough to have something that they actually might need. And so you want to actually give, which, which I would argue this, did, did you know that when you choose to give, it actually makes you, as weird as it says, more thankful for the things you actually have? See, greed is the enemy of a grateful life. It just is. And while greed is the enemy of gratitude, generosity is its faithful companion. And true gratitude is rarely um, self-contained, which means that it usually starts to spread. When you start to be gracious for your life and thankful for your life, it actually starts to do things to help other people and to make other people's lives better. Mother Teresa once said this, not all of us can do great big things, but we can all do small things with great love and that makes all the difference. So we have to remind ourselves, we have to remember, we have to be aware of all of the things that we've been given, but also again realize that not everything we've been given is just for us. We can actually take the time to make somebody else's life better, to help someone. We end up generally being more thankful for the life that we get to live. And I think all of this is made possible by grace. Now, when I say grace in this context, I'm not just talking about the grace that we have through through Jesus. I'm talking about the bigger idea of grace. See, what grace says, grace says all good things are given to us no matter who we are or what we've done. That's why grace is so scandalous. Because it's not based on you, it's based on the giver. It's based on the generosity of the other person. And see, here's the thing. So many of us in, in this world, there's an enemy actually of a grace-filled life. And the enemy of a grace-filled life is a word um, entitled. Entitlement believes good things are owed to us. Entitlement leaves little room for grace. 
And some of us, we live lives where we feel entitled to the gifts that we've been given and the things that we've been given. But grace understands and invites us to understand that everything is a gift. Everything is a gift. Are you breathing? Did you just take another breath and another one? Do you have a regular habit of doing that breathing thing? It's all a gift. Everything you've been given, as James tells us, is just a gift. It's just the stuff in between the beginning and the end of this life. And so whatever else has happened to you in your life, failure, pain, heartache, abuse, loss, and those things are a part of many of our stories, the first thing that can be said about every single one of us is that you have received a gift. And that gift is the breath in your lungs. It's the life that you get to live. And grace is about the most precious gift that we can give and receive. All we have has been given to us regardless of what we have done to make ourselves or others think we have deserved it. It's a gift. And because it's all a gift, we have to take time to remember to be thankful and grateful. So I wanted to make this really easy for you guys to understand everything that we talked about. And so also I went to Bible college, so they tell you everything has to start with the same letter. So here are four words that start with the letter R to help us remember. And maybe you could pay back attention, you tune out the rest of it. And here, here's what they are. The first one is this. The first one is to actually recognize. To recognize your life to be aware, to remember, to recognize the great, the great life that you've actually been given, the blessings that you've been given, to recognize. And maybe for some of us, the way we recognize is you actually do something as simple as just writing a note this week and recognizing all the blessings. Or you take a picture of all of the things you have to be grateful for. Or maybe you take a day where you just decide you're gonna be fully present and fully aware of everything. And so you recognize it. The next one is this. Some of us, we have to release some things. We have to stop comparing. We have to stop being jealous. Some of us, going back into our last series about forgiveness, we have to let go of some things because we're holding so tightly to some things that our hands aren't open to actually receive new things. Our hearts can only handle so much, and when you fill your life with anger, fear, frustration, bitterness, jealousy, and comparison, your heart isn't actually has enough capacity to take in the things that you actually need in your life. And so some of us just need to release some things. And when we release things, it opens up room for us to receive things. Remember, Jesus said he came to give us life and life to the full, right? God wants to give us things. He wants to meet our needs. The Bible reminds us of that over and over and over again. And so we have things, we have blessings that we are meant to receive, but some of us can't receive those things or recognize those things until we release some other things. And then the last one is simple, is we remain. Don't let Thanksgiving be a one-off where you take one day a year to actually remember everything you have to be thankful for. The reason we have to preach these sermons over and over again is because me, you, all of us, we forget. And so remain. Don't let this be a one-off. Remain in this place where you're constantly having this pattern of you're recognizing, you're releasing, you're receiving, and it just happens over and over and over again. And here's my promise to you. If you remain in that place, and you repeat that pattern over and over again throughout this next year, see if that doesn't change the way you see your life. And it doesn't change the way that you see the world around you. 
And so my hope for me and all of us is in this Thanksgiving season, where we're all tempted to just move on to sweet baby Jesus, all right, is that we become aware of the good life that you've actually been given. May you remember all that you've been given and have the eyes to see that everything is a gift. And may this awareness, this memory, and this understanding of the grace of life that you've been given lead you not just one day a year, but on a regular basis to simply just say the words, thank you. Thank you for the life that I've been given. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for the gifts that you've given all of us. We thank you for um, the blessing. We thank you for so many things that until we took time to actually list it out, it would just be overwhelming. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for that breath that we all just took. We thank you for where we were born and when we were born. And God, I know that, that there's many people right now formulating in their heads all kinds of pushback as to why they aren't grateful for this life. But that's why I love the language you give us through the writer where it says to be thankful in all things, not for all things. That in those things we're facing and some of us are facing right now and we don't feel so grateful, can we still learn to see the goodness of everything around us, behind us? And God, hopefully have the hope to see the, the good things in front of us the things that you're going to do for us. And so God, in this season where there's so many temptations to just move right past it, may we never forget to be thankful, to be grateful for the love that we have from you, the love that many of us have from others, from friends, from family. And God, may we always remember to be grateful and to realize that, that, that everything we've been given isn't just for us, it's to help others, it's to bless others as well. Because when this gift we've been given comes responsibility to give of ourselves as well, just as you did, just as you displayed. And so we love you, we thank you, we thank you for everything you've given us. In your son's name we pray, amen.